0: i got a few more things to say. How many of you know that I've kind of come today kind of like loaded for bear? <laughs> like I've been looking for, forward to this day. I was, I was uh, just sharing with John Bonestall and Donna earlier in the service before any of you came. And before I knew it, I was preaching to them. And I said, I'm just, I think I'm loaded today. I think I've got some things I want to say. I'm just so grateful to God. How many of you just... Can agree with me right there. He's so good. God is so good. And he has kept us through this whole crazy time. And he's going to continue to keep us. Acts chapter 2. Would you turn there? I just want to read it one more time as a point of reference. I love this atmosphere. I I was sitting there and when uh, Andrew's string broke, I said, now we're having an outdoor concert. See, when strings start breaking, you know you're having an authentic outdoor concert. That's, that's it, man. Acts chapter 2. No, actually, let's go back to Acts chapter 1 and read one verse there in verse 8. Luke is writing, and he's talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. And these are the words of Jesus. He says, it says, they were all gathered together. And this is what Jesus spoke into their lives. Because they were saying, Lord, now is now your time? Are you going to establish the kingdom now? Are you going to, to usher in your messianic kingdom right now? Because that's what we're really looking for. We're looking for you to do something big right now. And, of course, their anticipation was based on the Old Testament scriptures. And they had missed a few things. And so they were anticipating that Jesus was at this time going to set up his earthly kingdom. On the earth. And Jesus says to them, it's, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. In other words, that's the Father's business. He knows when he's going to do that. But this is what you need to know right now. That you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then Jesus was taken up. We read how he ascended to the right hand of the Father and how we know today he he is enthroned in glory at the right hand of the Father. And then you can kind of fast forward over into chapter 2 of Acts and I'll read it to you. I already read it to you once and I just want to make some statements in regards to Pentecost just so we know what we're talking about. And so it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Did you hear that? That was kind of cool. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. When God poured the spirit of God the spirit out on Pentecost Sunday as we just read it was because he was bringing a change to his people an incredible shift was happening and what changed on the day of Pentecost for this particular group of Jewish believers was the center point of God's or of God's people's understanding of him as you know the, the word Pentecost designates the 50th day after Passover it's, this is hugely significant so stay with me Passover Shavat, which is Pentecost and the feast of tabernacles these are the three holy days of the pilgrim people of God one comes in the spring one comes at the end of the spring just before the summer harvest that's Shavat. that's what we are in now and then in the fall is the feast of tabernacles up until this point, Shavat or Pentecost, was a religious center point connected to not only the incoming harvest, but the law of God, the giving of the law of God. The day of Pentecost had first begun as an agricultural festival, recognizing God's faithfulness to not only bring in the barley harvest, but in anticipation of the wheat harvest to come. And so when they would gather, they would hold some of the the harvest that they had already received, and they would wave it before the Lord as a wave offering in anticipation of more, of a coming harvest. That's hugely significant when you consider what happens in the New Testament. And so the people of God gave thanks to God for the harvest. And so by the time we get to the book of Acts and Acts chapter 2, the people are not only celebrating the harvest, but they are also recognizing the importance of the giving of the Torah, the Word of God, the Pentateuch. And so part of their celebration was the result of giving thanks to God, not only for the incoming harvest, but for the giving of the Word of God. And so I want you to get a picture of these these good Jewish men and women up in the upper room standing on the promise of God in anticipation of they don't know what. Yet they are standing in celebration of a harvest received and a harvest that is yet to come and giving thanks to God for the word that he had given them almost a thousand years earlier, the word of God. So when God gave this outpouring of the new covenant by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, I want you to see how it is in concert with what was already being celebrated in regards to the harvest and the giving of the old covenant. Now, the old covenant, the giving of the Word of God, was where God came into covenant with His people. And so they were celebrating the fact that they were the covenant people of God. And it's on that day that the Holy Spirit comes in a new way and in a fresh way. And here's what I want you to to understand in all of that, is that whenever God is about to do something new, His Spirit is always on it. At creation, what happened? It says he's about to create. And the Spirit of God is hovering over, if I can put it this way, the nothingness. And then he spoke. And then things came into being. When man was yet to be a living being, it says the Ruach of God was breathed into his nostrils. And he became a living soul. In the book of Ezekiel, we're told... That there are dry bones representing the people of God who had kind of moved away from their relationship with God. And they were seen in a vision by the the, the prophet Ezekiel as a a group of dry bones. They, They didn't have strength to do what God had called them to do. And it was into that vision that God tells the prophet, prophesy. The Ruach of God prophesied the breath of God to be released upon these dry bones. And he says, and in the vision, when the Spirit of God was released on that which looked dried and dead, it came to life. I want you to hear something this morning. That when God breathes His Spirit on you, those visions, those things of your life that seem dead and inactive, God wants to bring it to life. He wants to reawaken in all of us, that which he has destined us to be and to become. How many of you believe that God has a vision for his church? He has a desire for the church to be what he intends for the church to be. And that's why I believe we are living in a moment, in a day, where there's going to be a fresh outpouring of his spirit. A fresh breath, uh, a breath from heaven coming and touching Every one of us, because in the context in which we're looking, we need to recognize that on this day, on this day of Pentecost, God had sent his Son to die for all mankind so that our sins might be forgiven. The fullness of redemption had been played out, and the people of God. Needed to recognize that everything that needed to be done. The old sacrifices of animals. The old was moving away. The new was coming. And the new had found its fulfillment in and through what Jesus had accomplished on Calvary. And I want you to hear something this morning. That every one of us needs to be touched by the revelation of Calvary. Our sins have been forgiven because of what Jesus did. Not because of our own works. Not because of our own popularities or our own good looks. I see George Ruder out there, you know, with a cup of coffee. It's because of what Jesus did that we sit here today. It's because of what Jesus did that this 120 believers were in an upper room and they were wanting more. And I guess my question to you this morning is, do you want more? Because God doesn't envision a dry dead church he envisions a church that has been enlivened through the power of his spirit that rises up into the midst of the chaos and rises up into the midst of all of the confusion and begins to declare the good news of the kingdom of God It's for such a time as this that we stand on these grounds on Pentecost Sunday to celebrate the outpouring of the Spirit of God. And that's what's happening here in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, these these individuals had had one idea of what God was doing, but he did something totally new. And I'm, I'm believing, I'm expecting, I'm anticipating that God is about to do something new with Zion Fellowship. Did everybody hear that? I think something new is coming. And not only to Zion Fellowship, but to the body of Christ, to the church of Jesus Christ. And not only in this nation, but globally. Because at one moment of time in this pandemic, every door of every church around the world simultaneously was shut. Now, you may have an opinion of who did that, and I have mine. There's only one who is big enough to do that in one moment of time. And for some reason, and in eternity, we'll all get to ask the question. For some reason, God allowed it. And I believe God allowed it because he's about to do something new. We are about to enter into. We thought we understood reset. We didn't have a clue. We gave it our best shot, didn't we? God, I really believe we did. I I really believe honestly and with integrity of heart when we heard the word reset over a year ago, we said, okay God, we think we know what that means and so we went about doing what we thought we needed to do and God gave us about a year to figure it out and then after a year he said, no, you're not getting it. Boom, everything shuts down and here comes a real reset. This is what what I mean when I say reset. Some of you are looking at me like, I don't know if I'm buying that, Chris. But you see, the shift that had to happen for this group of people and the shift that has to happen in the church today is as simple as the shift that had to happen for them. And this was the shift. They had to shift from trying to live their lives in accordance to the law to shifting and discovering what it meant to live their life in obedience to the Spirit. He didn't throw the law out. He didn't throw the word of God out. How many of you are glad for your Bibles? But how many of you have discovered that in and of yourself, you don't have the power to obey everything in this book? You need help. Come on, just turn to your neighbor and say, You need help. Come on, find somebody that will laugh at you and smile at you and just say to them, You need help. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. I do need help. You need help because I have the microphone and I can keep you here all day. <laughs> so, so what am I saying to you? I'm, I'm saying simply this. I'm saying we are privileged to live in a generation where I believe God is about to again pour out his spirit in a mighty way. I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm not, going to, I'm not even going to pretend that I do. But I am just... How many of you are witnessing to what I'm saying? That there is something that is about to happen. That there is a suddenly that is about to be released on the earth. And it has everything to do with God. It has everything to do with Him pouring out His Spirit in a fresh way. Now, come on, come on. Go ahead, you can shout all you want. I got all day. So Shavat, think about this now with me. Shavuot was not only a time where they celebrated the giving of the law, but it was also a time where they celebrated the expected harvest. So what is God about to do? I have no idea. Except, I do know, that it's going to have something to do with the outpouring of His Spirit and the winning of souls. Because on this day of Pentecost... When this 120 first fruits of God were filled with the Spirit of God and poured out into the streets, speaking in other tongues, they bore witness globally because of the group of people that had gathered in Jerusalem at this time. They bore witness to the faithfulness of God. And if you're familiar with the story, when Peter stood up, he didn't stand up as a seasoned theologian. He didn't stand up going, yes, I've given deep study, and I've, I've realized that according to the book of Joel, and I've had this verified in a number of different areas, that what we're experiencing here could possibly be, just might be, and according to this commentator, and this other theologian over here, this just possibly could be that which he talked about in the book of Joel, by and through the prophet Joel. I don't think Peter stood up that way. I, thought, I think he stood up as a, as a fisherman that had been saved by God, and in the rawness of his character that was in the midst of transformation, when the Spirit of God fell on him, something awoke in him, and he went, this is that which Joel I get it now here's what I'm saying to you there's going to come a moment in all of our lives where we have an encounter with God and it's going to be this is that we're going to get it we're going to go oh this is what you meant this is what you want me to do and so here's Peter and he stands before this group of people and he says what you're witnessing is not man-made. We've not been making wine in the cellar. We're not drunk as you suppose. But what you're witnessing is what Joel talked about in, the, in, his, in his prophecy to the people of God, that there was going to come a moment where God was going to pour His Spirit out on all mankind, not just the chosen few. See, Pentecost is just not meant for Pentecostals. The birthing of the church on the day of Pentecost means this to me. That Pentecost is meant for the entire body of Christ. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit is for all who believe. Okay. But unto what purpose? Unto what purpose? Unto the harvest. See, because this group of people could have stayed in the upper room. They could have locked themselves away in a building. Uh Uh-oh, watch out now. They could have said, let us back in, let us back in, let us back in. But God said, no, I'm moving you out. Because I want the witness and the testimony of what I have done in your life to go out so that more might know. And it says, on that day, through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, as Peter preached. How many of you love this story? 3,000 people gave their hearts to the Lord. Wow. A harvest. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a harvest. I'm ready to see our cities turned around through the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm tired Of seeing the kingdom of darkness have victory after victory after victory. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up and step into her inheritance in God. And our inheritance is the fullness of the spirit. And our inheritance is the the, the empowerment to actually preach the good news. To everyone. And every one of us on these grounds today. Today. Have the authority to speak in the name of Jesus for the salvation of all. Come on, give somebody a high five and say, preach it. Come on, tell somebody to preach it. And so I've got a few simple points here that I want to preach through. They'll be quick. My hands are getting cold too. But the first one is this, when we talk about Pentecost and we talk about the outpouring of the Spirit of God, here's here's the first truth that I want you to just grab a hold of and realize, and it's this. That the first truth is that the Holy Spirit is not given just to individuals, but he is given to the church. We're the church, look around. Look at all the Spirit-filled Spirit-formed people in this parking lot today. Think about all of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are with us. There There must come in our generation, I'm going to boldly say this, a unifying of the body of Christ. It's just got to happen. So let's be a part of that. What do you say? Because the, the outpouring of the Spirit of God was not just given to those who identify. That's a, a, this is how we talk these days. I, self, I self-identify as a Pentecostal. Well, the whole church is meant to be Pentecostal because it was on Pentecost that the church was birthed. But we have a tendency to want to have our own idea of who we are and how we do things. But listen, here's the first truth. It's not about individuals, it's about a body. Come on, just look around. Begin to appreciate one another. What was your feeling today as you drove onto the grounds and you started seeing your brothers and sisters in Christ? How many of you just, something happened on the inside of you? Isn't it true? As we've been walking around today and just, I've been watching you, you know, while I'm preaching and while we're worshiping. I've been watching, you know, some of you walking around drinking coffee, high-fiving, having donuts. That, that's, that's the body. How many of you are just so glad to be together? See, this is what God meant for the church to be. A loving community. And that's why, that's why Jesus said it's, it's the way that you love one another that will become a testimony and a witness to the, to the world, to those who don't know that kind of love, to those that don't know that kind of an acceptance. The way you behave with one another will cause them to say, I want that too. That's what the harvest is all about. Folks, we have people in our communities who are hurting. They are broken. Do you think it was hard? For you to navigate through this pandemic? Think about somebody who had to navigate through this pandemic without Jesus. Where do you turn? What do you look to? Let's not turn a cold heart to that reality. But let's be an empowered people who take the good news to those outside. The second truth is this. I want you to know... That the spirit filled church of Pentecost, now, some of you, this is gonna be an ouch, so just get ready, okay? Just get ready, is not identical with the church that often shows up on Sunday morning. See, within the church, we have some who like being part of the crowd, but they don't wanna be part of the core. The crowd says, I like to go to church. The core says, we are the church. The crowd says, I like to attend church. The core says, I'm a disciple and follower of Jesus. The crowd speaks about the church as they. The core speaks about the church as we. The crowd follows. The core leads. The crowd is looking for ministry. The core is looking to minister. The crowd watches, the core worships. The crowd has a casual relationship with God. The core has a committed relationship with God. The crowd is interested in God, but the core is walking with God. The crowd is made up of volunteers, but the core is made up of servants. The crowd has been touched by God, but the core has been trained by God. The crowd looks at the church as a small sea, the core looks at the church as a large sea. Now, don't misunderstand me, I'm not criticizing the crowd. We need the crowd. But what my goal today is if you find yourself in the crowd, I want you to move to the core. I want to convince you that it's far more fun. To be in the core than in the crowd. And the days of coming to church just to be part of the crowd need to cease. And every one of us need to realize the importance of becoming part of the core. Not just here at Zion Fellowship, but everywhere. Part of the body of Christ. So my, my challenge to you this morning is this. Are you ready to become part of the core? God's looking for every one of us to move into the fullness of what he has for us. Number three, harvest is at the, heart of the, at the heart of Pentecost. It's all about the harvest. Folks, it's time for us to start shifting our focus. Didn't Jesus say it this way? He says, lift up your eyes and look unto the harvest. It is already ready. For reaping. And I would say we are living in a day where there is so much confusion and so much chaos, we are living in a day where if you can't see the harvest as being white today, then you're missing what God is doing. But every one of us needs to be willing to mobilize. And the only way that you can mobilize is through the power of the Holy Spirit. We all need Holy Spirit in our lives. So the way of application is simply this. When we talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, here's what Holy Spirit will help you to do. He will help you to worship the Father in spirit and truth. That's so critical. So critical to your development as a believer. Because when the Samaritan woman, who was part of Jesus' harvest, when the Samaritan woman asked him, well, where should we be worshiping? Where should that actually be happening? Jesus said, here's what I'm going to tell you. You think the Jews should worship here and the Samaritans over here. But I'm telling you that there's going to come a day where those who really worship the Father are those who worship him in spirit and truth. So it's not about a place, it's about, it's about a heart. It's about a response to God. So Holy Spirit is the one who glorifies Jesus and he helps us to learn what it means to worship. Number two, it's the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to warn others. Now, here's, here's, here's where I'm coming from. I have said to the Lord... Don't ever allow me to lose my concern for the lost. I don't ever want to get comfortable with the fact. That there are people who don't know God's goodness and don't know God's love. I don't want to ever get comfortable with that. I don't ever want to settle in and and say, well, you know, I know I'm going to heaven. I know that I'm okay. I know my family's okay. I know know my friends are okay. But I don't ever want to lose that concern for the loss. I mean, think about it this way. If you had a friend whose house was on fire, would you organize a prayer meeting? Or would you go to their house and tell them their house was on fire? Well, we'll pray for you. What do you think they would want you to do? Bring some water. Tell them their house is on fire. You're on fire. I'm not saying anything about prayer, prayer because I said, let's start praying more. But the point is, we need to also start warning and letting people know. And that's where Jesus said, and this is the third way of application, so it's to worship and it's to warn others, but it's also to be a witness. And witness has so much more to do than with just what we say. Witness has to do with how we live. And it's the infilling, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that will enable you and me to not only say the right things, but do the right things. Are you with me? Because isn't it interesting that the manifestation of the Spirit of God on this day was God taking over tongues. How many of you need to yield your tongue to God? Are you following me? It could have been the the manifestation of the Holy Spirit could have been so many other things. But in this case, it was the manifestation of the speaking in tongues. And what did he want us to understand? That he wanted us to see that when you become a witness of God, that your, your, your vocal being, if I can say it that way, I don't even know if that makes sense. I just, I had a moment right there where every word just left my mind. But your tongue, what you say needs to be subject to the Spirit of God. And so he manifested it not only to demonstrate that he was reaching the nations, but that he wanted us subject to his leadership. And when your heart and my heart is subject to his leadership, one of the ways that manifests is in my witness and what I talk about. That's what God's looking for in this hour. And Then he says through Peter, He says this promise, the promise of the outpouring of the Spirit of God is not only for you, but it's for your children as well. Folks, this is for everybody. Here's the last thing I want you to to kind of track with me, and then we're going to pray. And if you need prayer today, we're here to pray with you. But in my study, I came across... Something that I had never known before in regards to Shavat, And in, in Shavuot, like I said, it was a celebration of the um, not only the harvest, but the giving of the Word of God. And now it's also the giving of the Spirit of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Word of God. But in Shavat, there was a practice of a celebration as the people of God realized the gift that had been given them through the word of God, and they called it the day of the Matan. And the Matan in Jewish culture and history was this. It was when a man was betrothed to a woman, a bridegroom betrothed to a bride, and in that period of betrothal, before he left, and the betrothal period for the Jewish people was about a year, and so they have this betrothal ceremony, and then before the bridegroom leaves, guess what he does? He gives a gift to his bride. And that gift was a, a, a celebration of who she was, but also the assurance that there was more to come. And so he would leave her a gift, and the gift was called the Matan. And so the Jewish people, in celebrating, The giving of the law of God, they recognized it as the matan, the gift that was given to us. Now, I want to just say this to you, that on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the New Covenant church, that was God's matan to you. The giving of the Holy Spirit is not just to empower you, but to assure you that there's more to come. I'll let that one sink in. That's why, that's why Paul said to the Galatians, I believe, he says, it's the guarantee of your inheritance. So there's more to come. Just look at somebody right now, don't fall asleep on me, and say, there's more to come. How many of you know what you already have is pretty good, but there's more to come. And you see, when that gift from the bridegroom was given to the bride, it was also the assurance that he was coming back for her. And so on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the new covenant church, it was God saying, even though I have ascended to the right hand of the Father, and even though there's going to be a period of separation, there is coming a day that I'm going to come back for you, and you are going to be with me, and I'm going to be with you. And the way that I will assure you of this is I'm going to pour my Spirit out on you as the guarantee of the inheritance that awaits. As the assurance that I will never leave you or forsake you. As the empowerment to carry you through every challenge that you will ever face in life. And also to say to you that you are my beloved. You are my chosen one. You see, the Holy Spirit will do that over and over and over in your life if you will let him. It's beautiful that we talk about spiritual gifts. It's beautiful that we talk about prophecy and words of knowledge and all of that. But the giving of the Spirit of God is so much more than all of that. It's the guarantee that you belong to one who loves you. It's the guarantee that he will never leave you or forsake you. It is the guarantee that he's coming again. And that's what we celebrate on Pentecost. And that's what we celebrate on every day. So I want to leave you just with a an opportunity to do something i want to I, I want us to do two things if if you're here this morning and you have never asked jesus christ to be your lord and savior i want to give you an opportunity to do that and in doing that i also want to give you the opportunity to ask for the infilling of the spirit of god so if you're here you you just need to Kind of recognize it before God. God, I need you and I need you to be in my life. And if you're listening on the live stream and somehow you found your way to this this service and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I'm going to encourage you to do that today because Jesus loves you and he's for you. He's not against you. And if you'll give your heart to him today, he will fill you with his spirit and empower you to be the kind of person that he desires for you to be. So that's a gift that every one of us can step into today. Okay. Number two. If you are a believer. And you realize that things have gotten a little dry in your life. I want to ask you to stand to your feet. Because together we're going to lift our hands up. And we're going to ask for a fresh outpouring of the spirit of God. And I would love to know where my musicians are right now. I don't see. They, they were over there. But I don't know where they are now. They're there. Oh. Come on. But if, if you're saying, God, I want a fresh infilling of your spirit, I just want to ask you to stand to your feet. We're almost done. Now, we're going to raise our hand in expectation of a fresh infilling. And if you need someone to pray for you, the elders are going to be up front here and they're going to have masks on just, just for having a mask on. Not because they have bad breath or anything like that. We're just We're just trying to be sensitive and and to all of you but we really wanted to pray with you today we really wanted to pray over you today and if you need a fresh infilling of God's spirit in your life after I pray I'm going to invite you to come to the front and and they're going to pray for you and and ask for a fresh release but with our hands still in the air after asking for the outpouring of the spirit of God here's the third thing we're going to do we're going to ask him for the harvest See, what the people of God would do on Shavuot is they would recognize the harvest that they had already received, but they would hold like a grain of wheat in their hand, and they would wave it to the Lord in anticipation of a good harvest. And, you know, I think in the church, for some reason, we've stopped anticipating a harvest. Well, if they come, they do. I sure hope they come, I sure hope they show up at church today, I I sure hope, I sure hope no. See, what has to happen, the revelation and the revolution that has to happen in the church is that there is this longing in our heart that anyone who doesn't know him would come to know him because he's so loving and so caring and so kind and we want them to know what we know about God's goodness. And so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to lead us in a prayer, but I'm going to ask you at some point just to begin to wave your hand like this. It's a wave offering. And what you're saying is, God, I thank you for what you've already done in my life. And I thank you for what you're already doing. But, Lord, I'm asking you for more. I'm asking you for the harvest. I'm asking you that you would do something in our communities in a fresh way. That you would use me to be a witness. That you would use me to proclaim the good news in a powerful way. We're going to take a, we're just going to give him a wave offering today. What a beautiful way to do this. So come on, join me in prayer. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Come on, wave your hands to the Lord. Lord, we, we recognize. I know it seems a little foolish, but this is what the people of God would do. They would just wave the harvest before the Lord and just say, God, we just thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your kindness to us. We thank you for your love that you have demonstrated through your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, as we stand before you today with hands up raised, we are asking, Lord, for a fresh outpouring of your Spirit. Even as on the day of Pentecost, where you poured your Spirit out on 120 souls, they became your first fruit offering. And now we have come in because of what they experienced and then declared to future generations lord i pray right now if anyone is listening to my voice who has never received you as their lord and savior that today they would ask you not only to forgive their sins but to come and be the lord and savior of their lives and lord i ask for all in attendance here today who just feel dry. They they just feel like their experience in God is not what it should be and they need a fresh touch of your spirit. Lord, I pray for a fresh outpouring on these grounds today. Rain of God, come and rain down on us your spirit. And then lastly, Lord, with our hands raised, we ask for the harvest. Come on, we ask for the harvest. Lord, in my city, in my town, in my workplace. I'm asking for souls. I'm asking for the harvest to come, that this would be a season of harvest where we would see the lost coming home and coming into relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. Go ahead. Now, if you want to come forward for prayer, please do that. And the worship team is just going to lead us in a song or two.